Good morning, and welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor, Alyssa Young, your host, your financial advisor extraordinaire. On a little bit of a gray day out there, and the weather report's not great. So I think the only logical, intelligent, and appropriate thing to do is to stay right where you are for the next one hour, 53 minutes, and 12 seconds, and enjoy every single bit mm-hmm. of More Than Money. Good morning, young lady. Good morning. You are well, I trust. I am. Are you? Um, within reason. Yeah, within <laughs> reason. Um, you and your husband had date night last night. We did. That's nice. Yeah, we don't do that very often. So well, you got kids, so very often is not on the agenda. But when it happened, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We had a nice dinner out with a gift certificate we got for Christmas. Fantastic. Do you remember who gave you a gift? Yep, Aunt Nancy and Uncle Bobby. Thank you, Aunt Nancy and Uncle Bobby. That was apparently uh, well used. <laughs> I heard something about a mango something. Mango martini. Whoa. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Okay. I had crab soup. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Very good. Oh, so the whole thing went really well. Yep, and then we came home and watched a comedian on Netflix. You guys don't really like comedians, though. That's... We hate laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, laughing is a very good thing. And did laundry and made my groceries. So date night's never just like 100% date night. It's like, oh, got to make the grocery list and do a little laundry. <laughs> that's, it's not like I'll go see my girlfriend and then play poker. That's not what. No, that's what the 17-year-old that, son does. Got it. Got that's it, his Friday it. night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, uh, my Friday night was snuggling with the kitties and. Uh, supporting my wife, who now is, uh, let's see, today's the 26th, 18 plus five. She's got 23 more days. <laughs> she can do it. Oh, I, without <laughs> a doubt. the uh, her she, she and her team are remarkable, uh, but the hours they put in are cray-cray. I had a client meeting on Thursday with a woman who is a CPA who also is in tax season. Mm. And I was like, you know, I shouldn't ask you to come in for portfolio reviews during tax Mm. season. And she said, it's actually a good break. (laughs) She said, I work from home on Thursday. So this worked out okay. And I'm kind of glad to get away from my desk for a little while. There you go. So uh, good to see you for two reasons. (laughs) Take every one we can get. That's right. It's a fantastic (laughs) thing. So uh, goodness, if you're a loyal listener, you know, this is kind of how we start. We welcome you to our week and you welcome we welcome you to our world and then we welcome you to join our world by asking questions that are important to you if you got questions about investments or retirement income taxes perhaps um, estate planning uh, businesses there's a lot that we can cover um, and every time I think I've kind of given a what's a good general list of the things that we cover then the questions that we cover have nothing to do with that. They're far more interesting. <laughs> you folks are fantastic. So your questions become the very heart of the show. We have a stack here. There's only 30 or 40. Um, I, I mention this often on our PBS shows, but I rarely say it on air here, and I, I, I feel like I've neglected an important piece of information, and that's that we don't. We simply don't have time to answer every single email on air. There are too many, which is wonderful. Uh, but we do answer every single email directly back uh, to you. So if you have a question, we can't guarantee that your uh, question will be aired, although 
we had a you had a very nice email last week from a gentleman that you had counseled. Yes. And, and we used his email, and he was so appreciative. Yeah. He said, what a surprise to hear you talk about my email and my situation on the radio show. What a, <laughs> a, I haven't met him yet. I'm looking forward to it. He seems like a, as they say, a sweetheart. He is. He's, he is. He's a sweetheart. Fantastic. <laughs> so if you have questions or concerns and you are not terribly interested, whether they're on air or not, but you are terribly interested in getting good information, Please send them, uh, send those along, uh, Alyssa A L Y S S A, at askmtm.com works very well. Alyssa A L Y S S A, at askmtm.com. Gene G E N E at askmtm.com works well, indeed. If you would like to go old school and join us uh, uh, traditionally uh, by phone, give us a call at six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. You'll be greeted by. Mr. Sunshine, sleek GQ new look on Mr. John Elliott. He's got the <laughs> rocking the GQ, looking good. Uh, you'll talk to John. John will get you squared away, and then you'll talk to us, and we'll give you the best that we have to offer. 610-720-7900. If you'd like to share our show, I slowed down to get that out. That's Say share our show real Share our show. Share our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'd like to share our show, morethanmoneyonline.com works very well. Morethanmoneyonline.com. The magic listen live button appears every Saturday morning about 8.05, roughly, and disappears around 10 o'clock because that's when our show is live. It and is. you listen live, and then, of course, if you have questions while you're listening, uh, you can uh, hit the Ask Gene button that comes directly to us, and we're happy to uh, to serve you. Uh, we have listeners coast to coast, north and south. It's pretty crazy wild. Where we just got a new state. We just had somebody reach us from a new state. Mm, I guess it didn't go to you. No, so I can't help you, you with that. To, <laughs> I don't whatever. know. Uh, I'm not sure I can read the name. Ah, very good. 610-720-7900. Let's go to the phones. We talked to Clayton. Clayton, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gene. Allison. Hello. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Um, so I had spoken to you guys a little bit ago um, about opening a uh, mutual fund or 529 for my newborn daughter. Oh, yes. I um, remember. Yes. So I had, this is irrelevant to that, but I had filed my taxes this year. Um, I'm relatively new to it because um, we have always had a, an accountant do it for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been using uh, TurboTax. Okay. And for the past two years, it, it's gone through. Um, but for some reason or another, they didn't tell us why, but this year maybe because it's the first time we're filing with our newborn, um, it didn't go through. Hmm. So I'm not sure where to begin. Um, and yeah. as well as that, we did get that paper in the mail uh, for that $1,400 incentive or whatever it mm -hmm. is. Stimulus. Um, yeah, and I guess that wasn't applied to it either. 
so it showed, you know, your normal tax return, but it was short that fourteen hundred dollars. Mm. Is it something you have to qualify for, or no? But it is something that you have to report. It is not a taxable event, but it is a reportable event. And that may be the reason why they kicked it back, uh, because they knew uh, virtually everyone that files a tax return has that stimulus check in hand. So they were um, kicking it back because they they knew it it to be incomplete. That's just a guess, though. I, I, I would be surprised if Turbo is that sophisticated at this point in time that they uh, would kick back filing on an uh, on an on a return that's incomplete gosh I've met tons of people thousands in my lifetime that have filed all kinds of incomplete and and erroneous tax returns and they've still gone through Um, my suggestion uh, head back to turbo uh, kick in the 1400 try to refile, see if that gets you through. If not, make sure you reach our office on Monday. We might be able uh, to help in some way in terms of getting that electronically filed for you. Okay. Well, will that also restart the whole filing process so I'd have to wait another two months or whatever it is that, that until they go through it and then send it check out, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, likely so. If if it has not gone through, then as far as the IRS is concerned, you have not yet filed. Great. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, not so much. But, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's kind of take it one step at a time, figure out where the problem may be, and then uh, uh, kick around some ideas about how to, how to solve it. Uh, Alyssa and I are both looking at each other going, it's, a, it's an interesting question. We both have theories, but we're not part of the tax team and the tax team are the folks who will be able to guide us the best. So if you uh, you want to circle back or shoot Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com and remind her that you'll be in touch on Monday, we'll, uh, we'll sort this out. We'll give you every help we can. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Always Claire. appreciate listening to you. No worries. God bless. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Babies. <laughs> It's been so long since I've held a baby. I think like before COVID. It's a long time. Wow. That is a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it used to be, I mean, maybe it's also just there's other factors like, you know, our families getting older, a few mm. new babies in the family. But there, before that, I felt like there was always a baby around somewhere. Sure. Like, you know, you'd Well, see, especially in church. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we went to, we, we don't pass the peace. We don't do the hugs. We don't do. Right. Hmm. That'll come back. If anybody has a baby that I can just hold for a little bit. Um, oh, oh, John said he'll hook me up. Okay. Uh, that scared me for a second. I thought John, <laughs> John was volunteering to, to be held. <laughs> <laughs> just just hold me. Oh, boy. Google Gaga. That took a turn. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's suddenly awkward. <laughs> oh, my. That's well, not what I had in mind, John, but, you know, no, no, no. if you need to be held. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. He's like, no, he's clarifying. He didn't mean him. (laughs) Uh, Along those lines, and and I already shared this with you, um, a lot, We so many kind people. Oh, my gosh. The response to last week's show about uh, our losses, uh, Ruby and Applesauce. Mm -hmm. So many kind folks who love their pets and love their animals. And they're not animals. They're family. And they're they're our fur babies. And they're just wonderful. Um, I did not mention on air, wasn't in a position where I could. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but now I have a little more perspective. Uh, the last night that we had applesauce with us, uh, he was really uncomfortable and would regularly cry. Mm -hmm. And later in the evening, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and then throughout from there into early morning, five, six o'clock, he would cry and then I would hear what f sounded like an echo. We have three other babies and I thought, of course, one of them is feeling sad for brother, but that wasn't the case. There was an outdoor, black, beautiful, sweet, little tiny, we think female, on our porch. And Applesauce would cry, she would cry. And that went on from about midnight to about five in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this week she has shown up numerous times. And our kitties like sitting at the back door. We have French doors so they can see out. And she sits six inches away on the other side of the door. And they, they seem to be bonding. So yesterday morning I went out and she came right over and snuggled up. And then last night, you're talking about holding babies. I got to hold the baby kitty outside. <laughs> she came up and I, I sat down on the, on the uh, outside the, uh, the uh, pool house and right up on my lap and let me snuggle. Megan lost her mind, <laughs> the sweetest thing. Oh, that's nice. So I got, uh, <clears throat> I got comforted. That's very nice. It was a beautiful nice. thing. I'm glad. 610-720-7900, <laughs> Gene at AskMTM.com, Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Markets this week? Uh, pretty decent, actually. Yeah, we ended up two positive weeks in a row after how many down weeks in a row. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's, it feels like um, we had a little more stability in the market and, and you know, it's, it's almost like, well, maybe all of the stuff that we are, we've been anticipating has kind of been priced in like the react, the, you know, overreactions yeah. maybe are kind of taming now. And um, now when you say priced in for folks listening, what, what, what does that mean to them? Uh, it, it means that the values of your funds have been adjusted based on the buying and selling activity in the market, um, adjusted to what people think their values should be right now based on the circumstances and the, you know, the overall situation. So it's and, like... And what they expect. Yes, exactly what they expect. So for a lot of folks, they're saying, we use this as an example on air, uh, Russia invades, bastards. Russia invades, and the stock market went up for two days. And the people said, that, that makes no sense. It, it does when you think about the term pricing in. Pricing in is anticipating, particularly professional investors, hedge funds, pension funds, endowment funds, folks who are managing billions and billions of dollars. They're not reacting to this morning. They're anticipating what they think is going to happen in 90 days, 180 days, 270 days out. And when it actually happens, it's a, yeah, that, that's, that's what we expected. It's the out of the blue, the 9-11s, that um, pandemics, no one anticipated, nobody saw it on the horizon um, that wasn't priced into the market. And if it's a terrible thing. It's immediately priced into the market dramatically and negatively. Um, on occasion, not often, on occasion, not often, the really positives will jack the price 
of the market through um, through the roof. But that's less frequent, mm-hmm. sadly. People re- overreact more often to negative news than they do to positive news. Thank you very much. Yeah. You've been studying, apparently, <laughs> your, this, your, your classwork. And it's, it's a lot of what happens is, is uh, as Mark refers to it, behavioral finance. That's right. Yeah. And even one of, well, my, my mother-in-law said to me during a review meeting this week about how a lot of what I do is like I'm a psychiatrist. And I said, uh, yeah, the the psychological um, you know elements to managing your money and planning are actually really crucial. Um, a lot of the things that we can do for people when planning are about peace of mind and easing anxiety and just knowing that you have a plan that puts you at ease. And mm. that's really important. You always say you don't want to take on more risk than you can handle that will keep you awake at night. Mm. Like you can't be losing sleep over changes in value in your portfolio. That's the, the psychological element. So, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of um, behavioral reactions right now. And we and that's what Mark's been telling people, those short-term emotional reactions to news. We can't respond to when we're long-term investors and and we shouldn't right right and we shouldn't so um part of the challenge as a financial advisor is to um successfully um, convince your clients who you know well that's key Mm -hmm. so key most advisors not so good at that but so key, knowing them well, knowing their goals, knowing their aspirations, knowing their dreams, knowing their risk tolerances, knowing what's best for them long term is successfully convincing them, take a deep breath, step back from the ledge, and we're going to be fine. I don't know exactly when it's going to turn. I don't know how fast it's going to turn, but I know it's going to turn. And we have uh, one service that we provide to our clients. It's not used often. But it's, um, it's appreciated when it is used. It's for fo- folks who have determined they simply have to throw themselves off the ledge. We, we invite them to come to our office. And use our uh, windows. Oh, use our windows because they're about 14 inches off the ground. And, <laughs> and, there's, and there's a new bed of mulch yep. that we just got this week. That's right. Looks really good and it's really soft. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now the, the window's probably only about eight and a half inches in the last... Four inches is you sink into the mulch, and it's lovely. <laughs> it's just love. It's a wonderful experience. So for folks who are thinking, <sighs> um, hey, stop on by. By the way, we had uh, a gentleman stop in this week who used a, a uh, service that we provide that, that, again, we don't often talk about, but he heard us talk about a couple weeks ago, shredding. Oh, yeah. Four boxes of shredding that's where those boxes came from <laughs> absolutely it, it, it's wonderful uh, well and many of you have already heard me say often i just think our shredding service is like one of the most miraculously wonderful things i pay for it just you have all this stuff that you're going oh, i can burn up three or four shredders and and make one of our team do this mindless job of hour after hour of seven pages at a time oh crap there was a paper clip in there and and they show up and it disappears oh it's fantastic so if you're out there going hey spring cleaning 
spring spring's a good time to start going through that stuff. You got a bunch of files. You got a bunch of paper. You're just going, this is crazy talk. Um, honey, do we have to keep our tax returns from 1981? The, the no. simple answer is no. <laughs> Stack them up. Bring them in. We'll make sure they disappear. And it's a, it's a, it's a cool thing. Uh, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Did you have a comment from your studies? Did you want to do an email? I am giving you your options. Um, I have uh, two things. Please. One is that we can kind of give people a little teaser about next week's show. What's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. People, how about giving Gene a tease? Well, if if you read your emails from me, then you would know. But I, I think he ignores the <clears> emails <throat> I send him. That's oh, we're talking about Chad Hands. Chad's Hands? <laughs> Farrah Fawcett? Oh my God, stop. Okay, but speaking of Chad, Chad's going to join us on the show next week. Um, So Chad Ruprecht is one of my fellow financial advisors, and in a previous life, um, Chad was in the auto financing industry. For 20 plus years. Yes. So he's going to join us on the air next week to talk about buying and leasing cars, particularly in this crazy market if you're if you've been looking for a car or recently bought a car you know that it's really strange just like if you were buying and selling a house right now it's kind of strange but maybe even more so in the car uh, world it's um, pretty wild i have to tell you i'm not i haven't been in the market for a car fortunately i'm like so thankful that i don't Mm -hmm. need to buy a car right now because i've heard some horror stories um from clients and and you know other family members um Chad's going to shed some light on why things are happening and some things people should know, maybe some tips. So we're going to prepare um, some questions and answers this this week that we think would be most helpful for everyone and talk about them during next week's show. So if that's something that you could help you or someone you know, um, make sure you tune in. And, um, and also, if you have questions you would like to send that Chad could help you answer, mm-hmm. you can email them to me this week. And then when I sit down with Chad to prepare the topics we want to make sure we cover, I can um, bring those up. So email me, Alyssa, at askmtm.com, your questions about buying and leasing and maybe even selling uh, cars during the current uh, market. That's fantastic. I'll look forward to that. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll all learn something uh, interesting. It's Chad. Every time we spend time with Chad, we learn something. <laughs> Some of the things we learn are, but for the most part, really good. So speaking of learning things, yes. um, you mentioned the coursework I've been doing. So this um, is the end of course one in my retirement income certified professional um, series. Mm-hmm. I take an exam on April 5th. Keep your fingers one. crossed. Keep her in your prayers. Our moderator says I'm ready to go. Yeah, they, he, I was fine. You can still keep her in yeah, your Yeah, thanks. It's I appreciate okay. it. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I'd learned something in this coursework that I didn't know, and, and I wanted to share it because we talk about inherited IRAs pretty regularly. Mm. People ask us what are the rules for mm. taking money out of an inherited IRA, and our general response has been: if you're a spouse of the spouse of the person who. Um, owned the IRA, you can either treat it like your own or treat it like an inherited IRA and you have 10 years to take the money out. Well, I learned about some exceptions, other exceptions to that 10-year rule that I didn't know. Um, If your beneficiary of your IRA is not your spouse, 
but is less than 10 years younger than you, you can you don't have to do the 10 year rule. You can still stretch it over your life expectancy. And so let's say you left it to a, a sibling. Yeah. And your sibling's two years younger than you. They yeah. don't have to follow the 10 year rule. Right. Wow. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. Wow. And also your minor children. Yes. They don't need to take if you, if you leave your IRA to your child who is younger than uh, 21 in Pennsylvania, the age of majority, they don't need to take the money out within 10 years until they reach the age of majority. Oh. So if a 10-year-old inherits an IRA... They actually have 21 years. They uh, don't have to start till they're 21. Yes. And then they have 10 years. Yes. Wow. Look at you learning yeah. all kinds of stuff. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's, we have a question in here about... Uh, spouses and inheriting. Okay. I, as I recall. Okay. We'll have to There's find a, it lot our, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of emails. Yeah. There's a lot of emails. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are good things to know. Excellent. See? You're like a sponge. Yep. Sponge. Speaking of sponge, that's Natalie Merchant saying we got to take our first break of the show. That gives you just just a couple minutes. These mid show, mid hour breaks are quick. So if you got to hurry down the hallway, you know what I'm saying? You might want to you might want to start now. But put your shoes on, get going. Uh, <clears throat> just saying. Cup of coffee, maybe you got your MTM mug. That's that would work too. Refill that thing cuz when we return we're going to take your emails, your questions. 610-720-7900 after this on more than money. I don't know how you keep on giving. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You've got Alyssa Young. You've got the opportunity to have your questions asked and answered. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. You can send us emails. Alyssa at askmtm.com. A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. What you got? Uh, we can take turns with the questions. I'll read this one for you, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you never know it's some of the stuff I'm like I have no idea well okay. between the two of us we'll be just fine okay. right ahead here's one that says saw the last show with a question on wills and executor handling of estates and fees involved checked on Pennsylvania statutes and it showed accepted range of fee charges 5% on first $100,000 of estate value 3% on next $100,000 of value, value, et cetera. There was a note that assets with named beneficiaries, such as 401ks, life insurance, checking and savings accounts, are not included in calculating the executor fee. Is this correct? Also, do you provide will and estate planning services as well as acting as an executor for a small estate? Already have a financial advisor with Wells Fargo Advisors, but are not locked into such a relationship. Mm. So there's a couple questions here. First one, do you have to pay an executor fee on assets that have named beneficiaries? 
I'd like to take a stab at that, or at least say, I don't think you should, because <laughs> the whole idea with having beneficiaries is, is those accounts go directly to those people, and the executor, it's, it's not part of the estate like probate process, so you shouldn't have to pay a fee on it. But is is there a hard and fast rule about that? Um, I'm glad that's called a radio segue. Um, in this case, it was an unconscious segue, but we'll take that anyway. It was it was well done. <clears throat> it's so, unnatural, Gene. Un, un, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Wow, she got right on that horse and rode away. That was amazing. Um, the vast majority of estates that I've encountered, the executor fee is zero because the executor is a family member, a good friend, and they waive their fees. Mm. The individual writing this uh, checked with the Pennsylvania statutes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's, I guess that's one way to do that. Um, and, and are there guidelines for executor fees and attorney's fees? The answer is obviously yes. Are those guidelines exactly what that word implies guidelines not rules the answer is yes uh, I have had it's been a while but I've had in the past attorneys who have turned to me having uh, attempted to charge some of our clients exorbitant legal fees uh, that well that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the standard five percent it's a standard you're uh, your uh, in uh, decedent's estate is two million dollars. We charge a hundred grand. And uh, when I point out to them, first of all, it's my understanding. Pennsylvania Bar Association says hmm, there's no standard fee. So if somebody turned to me, uh, the the most egregious situation I saw some years back about a two million dollar estate, house was in joint ownership, IRA with a beneficiary designation and an investment account with a joint ownership. So the attorney had to do, okay, let me think, basically nothing, and wanted to charge, I think it was 70,000 bucks. And when I highlighted that I would have serious conversations with lots of folks about his willingness to do that to a client, yeah, it ended up being, I, th I think about 4,500 bucks, 5,000 as I, as, I, as I remember, and he was overpaid, dramatically overpaid. And that's just the legal fee. So mm -hmm. if you're if you're following kind of the the greed factor, we have a million dollar estate. The executor gets fifty grand. The attorney gets fifty grand. That, that's that's bogus. Just bogus. And you're absolutely right. If anyone charging an executor fee or an attorney fee charges five percent, three percent on non probate assets, yeah, bring them to me. I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'll burn them to the ground. Uh. The other part of this question was if we provide will and estate planning services or act as an executor for a small estate. Technically, the answer is no on both of those. We don't. We have a partner, Keith Stroll, who is just, uh, Steck on Stop has been a wonderful addition to uh, the services that we provide to our clients. Keith has been uh, just, just welcomed by folks, so appreciated. Uh, so appreciated, and by the way, also so appreciative. He is such a solid human being that he appreciates the opportunity we give him to serve so many people. So we're very, very pleased. 
so do we provide those services? We don't. Are we executors? We're not. Uh, could Keith or someone in his office be an executor? I'm sure they could be. Um, so hopefully that helps a bit. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Jean. Jean, good morning. Good morning. How may we serve you? Uh, we are currently transferring some mutual funds over to what our advisor told us to do. And it's taking months to get this across to another fund. Uh, why is it taking so long? Uh, when you say so long, how long has it been? I think we've been working on since the beginning of February. <laughs> Uh, that's a long time. That is uh, uh, the the question as to why, of course, we're not psychic. We can't uh, kind of look behind the scenes and figure out what, what has or hasn't been done correctly. But typically, if we're looking at, I'm, I'm picking uh, examples literally out of thin air. If we have a client who has an account with Fidelity and we want to move that to our um, typical custodian, Charles Schwab, Four days, five days? I would say up to two weeks. Up to two weeks? So she, Sometimes it's faster. Now, now she's into six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah. The, um, only, the only time I've seen it take that long, mm. or it's happened a couple of times in the last few months for me, um, accounts coming from PEACERS, Pennsylvania State oh, yeah, uh, yeah, what is yeah, it, Employee yeah. Retirement System. Pennsylvania Those, State Employee Retirement Exactly. They've been taking two months. Well, that's the government. And basically the federal and state government, the employees are working from home. And the word working is very loosely. They're blaming applied. it on COVID. And they're exa- still, yeah. still uh, two years in. Um, so I don't, I, I, I could, I could guess that perhaps paperwork was not done correctly the first time I can guess, but I wouldn't be able to give you, Alyssa, what do you think? Well, there's one other, um, issue that sometimes has, you know, puts a snag in the process and can hold things up. Sometimes some mutual funds, um, are not accepted by your new custodian. And so you need to actually have the existing custodian, um, liquidate, liquidate yeah. the, the fund and then the cash can move over. So if the new um, advisor or custodian hasn't been very diligent in telling you the reason for the holdup, mm. that could be the case and it's not moved mm. and it can't move. And you need to, then you need to call and say, mm. I'm trying to transfer these funds yeah. and I need because your advisor can't speak on your behalf um, on your current account. So that if you haven't been instructed to do that, that's also just a possibility, not necessarily. Gene, what, what, is, what is your advisor telling you? Uh, I'm kind of doing this on my own after they made a plan for us uh, and removing it in kind, if that makes a difference. Oh, it, it, it should not make a difference. Actually, moving in kind is actually typically a little easier. It doesn't involve any sales. It doesn't involve any purchases. So it's, uh, it's, it's usually pretty straightforward. And and you're saying that that an advisor put a plan together, but you you folks are going to are are executing on your own, right? Okay. Now, the, and uh, we did have a couple problems with uh, things that they had to change, but it keeps going on and on and on. Actually, we correct those problems uh, that it's not moved over there, and I want to reinvest it in certain funds sure. in Vanguard, and uh, I'm waiting and waiting and. 
it, every time I call in, it's not there yet or whatever. Okay. Uh, the group that it's the funds are coming from, it doesn't happen to be an annuity company, does it? No, no. Okay. It's just regular yeah. price. Then, then I am at a loss. I can't give you any great insight. I wish I could. Um, when I mention annuity companies, they can be troublesome to the tune of weeks and months um, but uh, normal mutual fund transfers should be very straightforward. I apologize. I wish we had better insight for you, but we wish you good luck. Okay. Thank you. Thank we'll you, Jim. have to wait and be patient. Yeah, I, I, apparently so. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. 610-720-7900. That can be very frustrating especially when you're doing it on your own. And this isn't something that you track on a day-by-day basis. You're not, um, I mean, in our office, we're doing dozens and dozens of transfers are in operation at all times. Yeah. So uh, being able to pick up the phone and call a transfer agent or being able to pick up the phone and call somebody that we have talked to many times before. And we have the advantage of working with Schwab that has some pretty, substantial clout in and of themselves and we're a large firm so we get a lot of good attention there as well um gosh there's just not enough there that i have yeah we would need to see the statements and see the see the paperwork and maybe be able to pinpoint our reason and maybe still not no it's it sometimes there's some and do it yourself can be a real challenge uh you know if you want to put a deck on your back of your house and you figure oh, I can do that yeah and I, I usually on my do-it-yourself stuff get about a third of the way in before I realize I am desperately in over my head and and then I start crying like a baby yeah there are times when do-it-yourself's okay and there are times when it's not and we had to have that conversation at my house when we put our new deck on because it's a raised you know, it's like mm. a second floor kind of deck. We have a walkout basement. And I'm like, yeah, no, that is not a deck we'll be building on our own. <laughs> but but your husband, he's a scientist. Yeah. He's a scientist. He's not a contractor. 610. <laughs> is this mine now? Is, I, is this going oh, to you? I, I have no idea how to answer that question. But you can read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. All right. Um, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. The email question says, if you had to put an estate through probate and did not want the information to be made public, how would you go about making the records private? Any idea? Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, and uh, if Keith is listening, he may text us or email us, Alyssa at AskMTM.com, <laughs> if he has, uh, and he always does, more insight into these things. Gosh, I feel kind of like Gene now. I'm in. In the I'm doing I'm doing a do-it-yourself project and I'm a third of the way in going. <laughs> now, when they said footings, didn't they just mean you should put a shoe under that? It's no, okay, good. Um, it is my understanding that the probate process requires the filing of documents at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. Uh, you start with the certification or swearing in whatever uh, word is best used for making the executor the executor, mm-hmm. and that's public knowledge. And then I, it's my understanding you've got to file all those reports, and those are public knowledge. I'm not aware of a way 
that a probatable estate becomes private. I'm I'm guessing <clears throat> it, it, the courts could be petitioned to make them private. I'm guessing, but that's just simply a guess. So um, one of the techniques that is often discussed um, in, and in my world often rejected, but in this particular case might be appropriate is what's referred to as the living trust uh, living trust puts your assets into a trust that at your death um, goes directly to the beneficiaries. So since it does not go through probate, if privacy is your highest priority, then you, the use of a living trust might very well uh, fit your needs better than a standard will. Hmm, that's good advice. It is good advice. That's because I'm hanging around a while. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. You, you, you're doing your thing. I'll, I'll circle back to you. I, yeah, I always, you know, go to Google and see if I can find some reliable, um, you know, sites that would have an answer. And, and this one just says there's almost nothing that can be done to keep probate documents from being part of the that's, public that's record. That would be my A probate judge can seal a probate record if they find a compelling reason to do so, but it almost never happens. I think in my case, if they were probating the estate, they would want to seal it because I, I would think that Diane wouldn't want everybody to know I have the, an extensive Beanie Baby collection. <laughs> because that would <laughs> embarrass that's her? That's the most disgusting thing or weird thing I could come up with. Uh, real Beanie quick, Beanie, Beanie Babies. babies. Oh my God. Uh, cabbage Patch Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's creeping me out to think yeah, that Exactly. That's you, why you would want yeah. to, uh, Your Honor, we need to seal this. <laughs> why? Well, if I say the, the term Cabbage Patch, does that... Let me give you an, a piece of advice. You could gift those before you die, and then it won't be part of the estate. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll load up the truck, drop them off at John's house. Okay. Um, and, and I, you know, some people, they're so kind. They're such fans. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. They don't spell my name right, but it's still, they're beautiful. Um, dear Mr. Dickinson. <laughs> you get that a lot of. Yeah. Every Tuesday evening, my wife and I try not to miss your great and informative TV show. That's very kind. Mm -hmm. uh, PBS 39s, Tuesdays at 730. Very, very nice. Uh, we're in our early 80s. We have a nice retirement egg. Uh, we have some in CDs. We have some in stocks. We have some in IRAs and mutual funds. We'd like to know if it makes sense to include gold in our portfolio. That's interesting. Also, how to safely go about it. We value your judgment and experience. We'd appreciate your response. Well, you're very kind. Um, young lady, gold for somebody in their 80s? Well... Yeah, you can. Um, the, Start the phrase starts with. It depends. There you go. Yeah. Um, it. I've a, a wise man once said to me, <laughs> his name is Gene. <laughs> um, some people, uh, you know, feel like they 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 think it's a good idea. It's something that they're kind of uh, drawn to. They have an interest in it, but over time, um, lately, gold and silver haven't really done much yeah. so if you think adding gold to your portfolio is going to be some awesome driver of you know wealth and returns it's not going to happen so if you're looking for something that is going to be stable yeah mm -hmm. maybe um 
I, this same wise man told me that um, having physical assets in gold and silver is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. But there are some ETFs, exchange-traded mm-hmm. funds, that are available that invest in these precious metals. And um, he says to me, that's Gene, I'm talking about Gene, mm-hmm. um, maybe about 5% in your portfolio up to that much. Wouldn't go higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it does depend on your situation. Um, but this- but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And the word safe jumps out at me because these folks are senior citizens. Do we want them stocking up gold bullion in their home? No, we do not. So that somebody knocks on the door and and tragedy occurs? No. Owning ETFs uh, in gold and silver, other precious metals, commodities, whatever, but we're talking gold here specifically, is very safe. It is held, protected, insured, liquid. You can buy and sell at any point in time. So it's a very good way to go. Now, first of all, you're very kind with your wise references or wise-ass references. I'm not really sure. Um, There are typically two motivations for people to be interested in investing in precious metals. Okay. One of which might be? That they don't want to be involved in the risk in the stock market? There you go. So this individual is a perfect example. They're saying... Stock market's a little whacked. Real estate's way high. Interest rates are going up. Inflation is stupid. Thank you, Joe Biden. Inflation is stupid. And I've always heard that gold is a very good asset, especially in uncertain times. I would like to invest in it as as an investment, as a as a um, an, an essence of protection, mm-hmm. as a component of my portfolio. I want to do it intelligently. It's it is an investment strategy driven choice. That's this gentleman. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And what we just discussed fits perfectly. There's another reason why people might want that. What is it? Ah, thank you. Um, (laughs) There are a number of folks, I would say as a percentage, fairly small, two, 3%, as, as a number of human beings, you get 300 million people or almost 400 million people, 3% 3% a lot of people that truly believe that we're going to face financial Armageddon, mm. that the dollar is going to go to zero, the stock market's going to go to zero, real estate's going to go to zero, it's going to be jobs are going to be hard to find or, or impossible, you're going to have cash is going to be worthless. We need gold or silver as that's how we're going to live. Mm. Uh, that is. Uh, objective cannot be met with what we just discussed. Right. It has to be met with holding physical gold and silver. And as I have, oh gosh, I've been doing this a long time. I have mentioned many, many times, always with the disclaimer of, I'm not of this belief. I I am not supportive of the idea that we're heading to financial Armageddon. Yes, I think the current administration is working very, very hard to make our lives financially challenging, difficult, dreadful in some cases. $5.20 a gallon for gas. Yeah, dreadful. Um, But that's not financial Armageddon. But if you are of that belief, then my recommendation is not gold. It's silver. And it's not bullion. It's coins. And it's not these, hey, we just discovered uh, a... And 
a hidden cache of silver Morgan dollars from the 1888 edition from the Denver. No, not that crap. You want ugly coins. You want pre-64 silver junk coins in big bags of dimes and nickels and quarters and half dollars and silver dollars so that you've got lots of denominations and denominations that people recognize and they can kind of calculate in their head. A dime is now worth $15. So I need a loaf of bread. Give me a dime. That kind of idea. So if you're, if you're concerned about financial Armageddon, then you want the silver, you want junk coins and you want it in your house. And you can put it in a like a pillowcase and hit somebody with it if you have to. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, sorry. Did your dad teach you that when he <laughs> sent you off to college? Somebody breaks in, put a couple rolls of quarters in a pillowcase and smack them. He didn't. He didn't. No. Wow. I have to Should have a talk have... with your dad. I figured it out <laughs> on my own. I'm, I'm, wow! <laughs> look at you. Well, your dad taught you a lot of other great stuff. Yeah. So we're we're, we're not giving your dad a hard time at all. He's, he did he did just. Fine. Thank you very much. Are they back from Florida yet? Uh, they're coming home on Monday. They're leaving Florida on Monday. Oh, they are going to be unless, so unhappy. Unless they change their mind when they looked at the weather forecast. Because uh, uh, they maybe maybe would be smart to wait another week. <laughs> I was gonna, it, it, it's Next week's supposed to be cold. I know. I know. Um, Andrew's uh, varsity letter jacket that mm. we ordered for him mm-hmm. is, is available for pickup. I'm going to get it today. And I was like, perfect, because... It'll be cold enough that he can wear it this week. Wear it. Here oh. I was thinking, like, oh, he's getting oh. this nice coat, and then he's not going to want to wear it until, you know, n- the next winter. You know, he can get some use out of it this week. It's, it's, it's his varsity cool. coat? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the weather has anything to, weather, <laughs> to do with whether he wears it or not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 610-720-7900. We're coming to the top of the hour. We have a call coming in. We'll let that ring because John's got a couple things he's juggling here or if he wants to let them know that's fantastic um top of the hours fox network news and everything you need to understand to make your weekend a really really good weekend uh the ukraine what a fascinating thing is happening there uh reports that are unverified but coming through different sources are saying the ukrainians are beyond courageous they are beyond unbelievable in their resistance to what was thought to be an irresistible force apparently not so much russian generals dropping russian commanders dropping russian troops saying we don't want to be here folks you think prayers don't have an impact i think they do 610-720-7900 alyssa at askmtm.com we're back after this on more than money
Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got 52 and a half minutes left in this edition of More Than Money, and we are here to serve you. I say we because you've got Gene Dickinson, your financial advisor. You've got Alyssa Young, your financial advisor extraordinaire. <laughs> extraordinaire. That's being generous. <laughs> it's being accurate. It's just being, It's we, we are committed to telling the truth. If you'd like to join us with questions about investments, income taxes, and estate planning, uh, the business of your life. We are happy to take your calls and your questions. 610-720-7900. Let's go back to the phones and we talk to Don. Don, good morning. Good morning, sir. Before we get started, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you so much. Very kind. <laughs> I actually uh, asked you about a month ago additional questions on this, but I have some more if, I, if that's okay. Go right ahead. Great. Uh, my friend's uh, mom passed away the beginning of last year, and she inherited a 457B and sale of a house. Mm-hmm. Now, this happened last year, and she received the actual proceeds this year. Mm-hmm. My question is, what taxes are due, and are they due this year or next year? Uh, the home that was sold was sold in 2021? Yes. Uh, and are we talking estate taxes or income taxes? Uh, good question. Okay. I, well, I, yeah, let's, let's talk I, about I, any taxes. Yeah, let's, let's talk about both then. On the inheritance tax side, was, was her mom a resident of Pennsylvania? No, no. Oh, okay. Then, uh, then, then I'm going to have very little value to offer you because each state uh, has their own inheritance tax rules from a federal estate tax level. Um, unless y- your your friend's mom had a huge estate, and I'm guessing she did not. No. Uh, then there's no in- there's no federal inheritance tax, so we don't need to worry about that. So we're talking about now income tax, and if was your friend the sole uh, inheritor of the home? No, it was a uh, half with her sister. Ah, very good. Um, and and they sold the home shortly after mom passed away. They did not receive the home prior to her death. Correct. Yeah, there's no income tax. Likely, if anything, there may actually be a small uh, deduction that they'll receive on the sale of the home. Uh, they got a stepped-up basis, meaning that the date of death valuation uh, when her mom passed away, the date of um, the, of her passing becomes the new uh, fair market value, becomes the new cost basis. They likely sold it at or near that fair market value, and then they likely had some expenses, maybe a commission, maybe some transfer taxes, et cetera. So the tax there is little or none. Uh, the 457 is a form of retirement plan. Uh, was that also split? Yes. And they received those funds when? Uh, we see we received all of these all of these funds this year. Uh, twenty twenty two. Yes. The home was sold in twenty twenty one. Yeah, but by the time we got the check, it was the beginning of January of this year. Yeah, very good. Uh, in in it, it, I I think you're not going to be um, in any kind of significant pickle if you if you elect to go either direction. 
I think if you decided that reporting it on the 2021 tax return is beneficial, I think that's very defensible. All of the activity happened in 2021. The fact that you did not have anything in hand until 2022, I think, is a reasonable justification for filing um, uh, reporting those on your 2022 return. Well, no, the inherited 457 wouldn't have any income tax until they withdraw from the account, right? Like if that rolls over into an IRA, you mm. wouldn't have income taxes until you take withdrawals from that. And you yeah, have- I was. Let's th- confirm. Did they take the cash or did they roll it into an IRA? Uh, rollover. Ah, all right. This is easy. There's no there's tax. no income tax on it on either of these transactions. So it's just the state rules for inheritance tax that would apply. I think if it were in Pennsylvania, it would probably already have been taxed due. and paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there an attorney okay. assisting on the estate? Uh, I, I'm not sure what they did in Iowa. I mean, that's that's um, where she okay, uh, very she good. lives. Yeah. Um, Alyssa, excellent catch. Appreciate that very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Income tax on the sale of the home should be zero or even slight negative. And if the money was rolled over from the 457, there's no immediate income tax. So Mox next, off off the hook all the way around. I I thought, uh, not that I'm disagreeing with you, but uh, I had thought that you had to pay a 4.5% uh, inheritance tax on the house resident only if you're resident if the decedent was a resident of pennsylvania so yeah it depends uh, on what the, the rules are in iowa there might be a similar tax uh-huh. but we don't know what those could be higher are. could be lower we i can look it up and give you a quick like a yeah. over general but you know there's a lot of details always last year we only did 30 or 40 decedents from iowa so <laughs> <we're>, no, <laughs> Would, would that have been taken out by the executor of the will? Uh, could or? have been. If the uh, estate was uh, settled appropriately, Any typically any taxes that are due, any um, debts that are owed, any uh, right. debits are typically held back before a distribution. So Alyssa is shaking I, her I, head. I think I have good news. Um, mm. My initial search results here, I, I look at a couple of um, sites to confirm that they're consistent. And it looks like, oh, Iowa, you said Iowa, right? Yes, ma'am. Is one of 38 states that has no estate tax. Lovely. Oh, very so nice. So I, there's absolutely positively no tax on any of this. It does not appear so. Wow. Good. Happy freaking Saturday. You- <laughs> 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 May I ask you one more question, sure. sir? Go ahead. Okay. This is on the uh, the RMD. Was the She did not pay the RMD because she died very early last year. And from what I understand, the RMD was supposed to be taken out before the end of last year and, or, and, or no? Yes, and before mm-hmm. distribution to the beneficiaries. I don't, it wasn't taken out before the end of last year. I know that. Uh, that could be an, an issue for the executor. Um, who will be filing the final income tax return for her mom? Uh, yeah, I don't think he did it properly because I don't think he'd ever done it before. It was a friend of hers. And, 
Yeah, that that will uh, likely be a shame. Somebody somebody has to file the final income tax return for her mom for 2021, indicating that she is deceased. And in the absence of having taken the RMD for 2021, it is the responsibility of the beneficiary to take the RMD and pay income tax on it. So even though we were right. maybe prematurely celebrating, if this was not taken, <laughs> uh, then that has to be calculated. And each of the beneficiaries will have to take their proportionate share out. Would there be a penalty for the... That was my... Yeah, uh, not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. It It is a... Um, the IRS can be a real... Mm, but yes, we understand what yeah. you're going to say. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but, we want you, uh, but they we are, want you to remain on the air. Yeah, they are not um, in, in, insensitive to the confusion that can arise in certain circumstances. This is a very good example of did she take it? I don't know. I didn't think so, and I don't know. And and unless unless you're the executor and went through her bank account and oh no, I see it was a deposit. No, it wasn't. Uh, as a right. beneficiary, you're kind of left to the um, uh, the mercies of the executor. Um, if, if it wasn't taken, or if you only suspect it wasn't taken, uh, I hope Diane's still sleeping because she doesn't want to hear what I'm going to say next, which is if, if you are uncertain whether it was or it wasn't, I'm going to assume it was. And, and I'm just going to con- just book on as ignorance is bliss, and I'm not taking anything okay. out. I'm going to, I'm going to let it ride for the 10 year. That's, that's me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you get a year, if you can get your hands on a year end statement for the account, it will tell you if there was a distribution. Uh, yeah. But. Once again, you're being so correct. Well, she's an overachiever. I tell she, you. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Being so correct. <laughs> but the, the reality is that as a beneficiary, they are not likely uh, privy to statements and, and that kind of stuff. Right. The executor would know all of that. And if, of course, they're close to the executor, they could make the phone call or they could go, eh, no, no harm, <laughs> no foul. Yeah, roll the dice. Uh, and, yeah. And may I ask you just one more question on that RMD? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, someone told me, which sounds kind of strange, if you don't finalize the rollover of the 457B, within a one-year time frame of the person being deceased, you have to, because normally you could liquidate that when it gets rolled over over a 10-year time span, correct? Yes. They said if it's if it's not done after the one year, it turns into a five-year mm. time span. If that is, is true, that, 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 that would be under the heading of, I've never heard that before. But, but oh, okay. that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not true. It just means I would be very, very surprised. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate all the information, sir. And I and I wanted to say that uh, you two complement each other quite well. Well, thank Aww, you so thank much. You. You're very kind. God bless. You, you youth and vigor and uh, maturity and age. <laughs> uh, you were doing so well, and then Gene's you had not to, mature, yeah. not, so not even a little bit. Gene, oh well, no one. He was talking about youth and vigor. He was talking about me. Oh, for God's no. sake, yeah, Alyssa! She, she's got it reversed. I, I, I was saying it that way. <laughs> Absolutely, and you've got maturity. So, Thank you. And age. Kind of, well, kind of sad for you. All of a sudden, that went horribly wrong for you. Like outing uh, now. Thank you so much. God bless. 
interesting questions. Lots of fun. Um, youth imaging. Just got it. Uh, vigor. Yes. It's great fun. 610-720-7900. Alyssa and AskMTM.com. Uh, you want to do it? You want me to do it? I guess the question is, who should read the opening joke in this email? I'm looking at it. <laughs> Get ready for this, folks. <laughs> Hygiene, in parentheses, you have a sanitary name. Get it? Yeah, I've never heard that. Hygiene? No, I think I heard that the first time I was about three weeks old. Oh. Just going, even, even from the crib, I, th- I probably spit up on whoever said it to me. It's kind of like, a, all right, that's, forgive the phrase, cheesy. Yeah. Could be way worse. I watch your show all the time, receive some very good information in the past. Well, hopefully some in the future, too. That's really good. Uh, oh, goodness. God bless him. My wife of 53 years passed away in November. I'm 76. I have two children, son 49, daughter 52. Recently changed beneficiaries on my two brokerage accounts and uh, annuity. Also, my life insurance policy, long-term care policy, IRAs, I removed my wife's name from our home's deed, revised my health care POA, financial POA, and will. Okay. Took a while to do all that. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of homework. It's a lot of homework. Mm-hmm. I appointed my son executor. My question involves my bank checking and savings accounts. I removed my wife's name from the accounts and got new checks. I surrendered my safety deposit box because no one but me could access it, and there wasn't much in it anyway. Bless him. How can I structure my checking and savings accounts about $60,000 so they will pass to my son and daughter and avoid probate? I know his POA expires on my death. Your assistance is very much appreciated. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And God bless you. What a challenging time. And what an admirable set of checklisting yeah. actions he's already taken. He's been very diligent and thorough. That's, that's good work. Fantastic. So what does he do with checking and savings? Well, I, th- I think you should be able to set the, those types of accounts to be transfer on death accounts. So it's really the same um, result as having a beneficiary on an IRA or on a life insurance policy, on a bank account. The terminology is transfer on death. It's naming your children as beneficiaries and it avoids probate. So it's a pretty straightforward process. Just talk to the bank, I guess, about getting the proper paperwork. Uh, just that simple. You stop into the branch, tell them that this is what you want to do. They will have a form for you. They will have you sign it. And it, exactly what you're asking to have done is exactly what will happen. It will go outside probate. It will not be delayed um, the moment that you pass. Your, um, in this case, your son or daughter and or daughter uh, we'll have immediate access to it. So, um, goodness, um, gosh, 53 years. Yeah. I can't you, imagine. You guys have been married how long? 18 years. Yeah, that's right. We're yeah, same, same year. Yeah. Same year. Two months apart. Our wedding uh, anniversaries are two months apart. Uh, yours is when? November. 18th. November. So I, I guess, um, I'll remind you because you, you, by the time you get to yours, I will have already missed mine by two months. So that won't help me at all. So it's, it's all about me. Okay. So it's all I'll, about, help, I'll remind you. Thank you. Well, yes. Yeah, <clears throat> for those of you who have been loyal listeners, uh, when she says, I'll remind you. You're not doubting that at all. Yeah. You're going, yeah, you got that right, buddy. She's on it. Um, 
53 years is just remarkable. And um, his ability to um, respond in such a caring way for his family. So many folks we bumped into who have lost a spouse. Initially, of course, there's a grieving process where you simply, oh, it's almost overwhelming to think about. I know I should change my will. I don't want to do that today. I know I should change my beneficiaries. I just don't want to do that today. I am going through a process. And for some folks, that process is weeks. For many, it's months. And for some, it's years. But it it's necessary. And this gentleman is the poster child for, uh, I got my checklist and I went through it and I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And very, very impressive. And goodness, um, my prayers go out to him, of, of course, on his loss. My prayers go out to him uh, uh, of gratitude. He clearly is a, a, a wonderful gentleman who enjoyed a, a long love affair with, with his bride and um, is a stand-up guy yeah. and cares about his family and cares about doing the right thing um, because November was not that long ago. No. I'm I'm working with two clients in a similar situation, and I'm um, really impressed by both of them and how they've been taking care of these things that are difficult, and they've got to be difficult because you're grieving. And um, they're both in both cases, just like with Joe, they want to make sure that when they pass, mm. their beneficiaries have everything organized and you know everything's in place, and they don't want to leave things a mess and. Um, it, it, it's, it is admirable that, you know, during a hard time, they're thinking about, you know, who they're going to leave behind. And admirable and necessary. We have unfortunately assisted in the settlement of estates where none of this was done. And the original, the, the initial spouse passing was years ago. And now people are going, so the house is still in the name of this gentleman and his deceased spouse from 11 years ago. Do you have some death certificates? Wh what? I don't even know where to look for yeah. those. Uh, transfers and, and multiple names. And it, it can be, for the surviving family, a nightmare. Or it can be what Joe's done, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Susan. Susan, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm so glad you have your show. I just love it. Thank you so much. How can we help you? Um, when I, I'm 79 years old, and when I took out the loan on my home, my daughter had a co-sign for it because I didn't have enough money at the time, but I can meet each monthly payment now. Now, if I pass away, does she become the owner of the home? She co-signed the loan, but is she on the deed? No. Then the answer is no. Okay. Yeah, the way yeah, she would become question. part owner of your home on your passing would be if she was on the deed. Co-signing the loan does not have an effect like that. All right. Thank you. One more question. Oh, sure. Um, um, I have my will set up that is split between my, my daughter's. Now, can I avoid more tax if I give whatever money they get out of the house 
to the grandchildren. Can you avoid uh, tax on your passing, or are, you, are we talking about avoiding tax while while you're alive? When when I'm when I'm passing. Yeah, the answer is no. Uh, the the inheritance tax, w- whether it goes to your 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 children or grandchildren, is exactly the same. Okay. Okay. So I'm living in Pennsylvania. I should be in Ohio, I think. Oh, goodness. Um, I, I understand that there are a lot of states that have no inheritance taxes. Florida is, of course, one of the most uh, prominent ones where folks uh, decide that they're going to go south. Um, but hopefully you believe, as I do, that there's no better place to live than Pennsylvania. So you stay right here. Right. I agree. Uh, God bless so is you. It a heavy, thank you. Is it a heavy inheritance tax? No, 4.5%. It won't be a problem at all. And and let's be honest, your family's getting an inheritance. A lot of families they don't they they not only don't get an inheritance, they get a big pile of bills they got to pay. <laughs> so you're you're being very generous, and and your family I'm sure will appreciate it very much. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you, Susan. God bless. God bless you. What a sweetheart! Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, one of our most loyal listeners, also a CPA, by the way. Uh, sends me regarding the gentleman who needs to take the RMD that was not taken. Mm. Uh, you are correct. I always like to hear the sentence that starts with you are correct. That's whew. Um, on the tax side. Uh, you are correct is usually included in about half of the emails. <laughs> uh, you are correct. The beneficiaries must take and report the distribution on their individual tax returns. Along with this, uh, you, you file IRS Form 5329, in which you provide the reason why the distribution was not taken and reported in a timely fashion. This is your dog ate my homework time. <laughs> that's, a great, <laughs> like that. that's a great reference. Uh-huh. Uh, it petitions the IRS not to assess a penalty for the late distribution, usually as long as you can prove you took the distribution as soon as you became aware. That's a really important phrase. I'm going to circle back to that in a second, that it is not uh, aware it had not been taken. You should be in the clear. Thank you so much, sir. Jim is always at the ready, always willing to help. Um, As soon as you became aware, we had a similar question uh, several weeks ago, it was late in January, where a young lady um, confessed. No, it's not like Dateline or what, 48 hours, where it's always, <laughs> it's always the spouse, the husband did it. Um, she confessed that in 2020, she did not take an RMD because she didn't have to. And in 2021, she didn't take an RMD because... She forgot. Okay. And she just and was going through some paperwork in January. Her December year-end statement from her brokerage account in small print said, oh, by the way, make sure you take your RMD. And she forgot. And she was in an abject panic thinking she's going to prison. <laughs> and in reality, she became aware of it, alerted us. We told her to take it immediately and file exactly this kind of a statement saying should have done it didn't do it oops my bad oops my bad dog ate my homework please forgive me <laughs> mea culpa mea culpa uh and uh, uh of course the irs has not yet responded because she filed her tax return 
and uh, she should hear, hear something by the year, I think, 2025. <laughs> IRS currently, currently answering less than 3% of the phone calls that are placed to the IRS. And the ones that are answering, they make no guarantee that the information they're giving the taxpayer is correct. Could you imagine if that's how we did business? Absolutely. Give oh, we, us a call. We'll answer 3% of them. Well, on the good days, we answer 3%. <laughs> Unbelievable. And when we do answer, we'll put you on hold for and 35 minutes. no guarantee that we're telling you the, the, the correct information. <laughs> uh, required minimum distributions? Never heard of them. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> It's just spend the money. Do I have to pay tax? Don't worry about it. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. Music. Music. Yeah, we're gonna start strategizing on changing up our music. Oof. I know. Should I thought I... I thought that'd give you a little whoop. Yeah, should I consult the MTV party to go? Um, CDs that are in my car. <laughs> no, <clears throat> probably not. The dance party, yeah, in the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1993, the or what's it? They, they were gifted to me at our Christmas party. I'm That's, enjoying um, them thoroughly, but I don't think those songs are appropriate. I'm not really, uh, I'm not really feeling it. All right, uh, I'll, I'll start making a list. Uh, we'll check it twice. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We take your calls, your questions after this on more than money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You have 21 and a half minutes left in this edition of More Than Money. We have, goodness, lots and lots and lots going on. So it's, uh, if you have questions for us, 23 and a half minutes, 610-720-7900. We go to line one. We talk to Susan. Susan, good morning. Good morning. Um, are you just talking about transfer on death? Now you have to do that to every bank that I you haven't... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Every every bank that, that you wish to be able to have your beneficiaries receive that directly rather than going through your will. Yep. You have to go to every bank. Every bank. And they, they will do that for you? Yes. Help and you fill it out? They will help you. And in general, especially the very nice banks, we have lots of very nice local banks here in the Valley. Uh, they'll help you fill that out. And there's generally no charge. Okay. Now, what is the federal and the state tax? What was the charge? Oh, uh, are you talking about the, are you talking about the federal and estate and state inheritance taxes? Yes. Yeah, the federal for almost everyone that's listening is zero. 
uh, you would have to have an estate over $20 million to have a federal um, tax. No, and, I'm sorry. I don't have that much money. Uh, I'm sorry that you don't, too. I would love to have you have that much money. Uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, it's a tiered— I'm in Jersey. Sorry. Uh, in the state of New Jersey, I believe they follow the same rules as the federal government. So I think that the same— uh, minimum $20 million would be necessary. I think in the state of New Jersey, you're free and clear. Okay. And is, do you have a book out there that I could read or get to, um, about the inheritance taxes and death taxes? Yeah, I apologize. I don't. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, over the many years that I've been on radio, I have uh, often uh um, uh, recommended books on many, many different topics. I've since stopped because the the lead time to produce a book is so long that, uh, in general, the information is, is is can can a lot of it can be current, a lot of it can be outdated. Um, there, there's at least a rumor that uh, MTM, our More Than Money group, is going to put out their own book. Uh, here shortly uh, from all of our experts, but that's not out yet. Uh, I would recommend either using a financial advisor that you trust, or I would recommend uh, uh, good research on uh, the internet. Okay, I'm not too good with a computer, but we'll try it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Susan, thank you so much for your call. Thank you for your program. Thank you. God bless. 610-720-7900. We go to line two. We talked to Patricia. Patricia, good morning. Good morning. I also have a question regarding the transfer on death sure. when it's down to one spouse for your checking and savings. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand it avoids probate. My question is, do you have, say, your son on or something like that? Mm -hmm. Would he have to pay Pennsylvania inheritance tax on the whole amount that's in, say, the checking account? Yes, Oh, the whole thing. If okay. he's a co a joint owner no, of the account. No, that's not what she asked. She it, it, asked see, I, no, I know. I know that's what not what she asked, asked but I want to make sure that that's not what she means. Oh, I see where you're going there. If you're trying to actually be helpful. Yeah, I am. I'm okay, trying. Okay, knock yourself out. Um, <laughs> if your son receives the account as an inheritance, he owes tax on the whole amount. If he were a joint owner of the account, he would only pay estate tax on half because okay, half my, of it's his. Let's say, um, I guess I'm a little confused because they said, like that gentleman did um, after his wife passed, he put the accounts, you know, just in his name, but transfer on death mm -hmm. so, so they could get the money quickly. Yep. Could you still have a co-owner on that? No. Mm -hmm. And here's okay, why. Was, yeah, here's why. my question. Yeah, legally, if you name, name your son as the co-owner, for example, let's say, I, and I'm using a simple example, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking you out of the picture, I'll use myself. I have three daughters, and uh, in my dotage, uh, I need help, so I put one of my daughters on as a co-owner mm -hmm. so that she can sign the checks and manage the account, and then I name a transfer on death. The transfer on death will not take effect until the daughter has passed because oh. the joint ownership supersedes the transfer on death. So a way okay. to do that is if a, an account that has um, joint tenants in common. Mm -hmm. and in But that, then it would only pass half of it. Right. 
So, so if you had a joint owner, mm -hmm. the joint owner keeps his half and your portion when you die goes to someone else. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand it. That's what I thought. You're better off maybe in a checking account. Just have a co-owner. It depends on your goals. It depends. <laughs> I should have thought of that. It, it depends. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> oh. okay. I just wanted to clear that up. That's the way I thought it was, that they would pay. Say you have $10,000, say, in your savings account. They'd have to pay on the, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. We appreciate okay. your call so very much. Okay. I, I thank you for your program. I listen to it every week. Oh, Patricia, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. 610-720-7900. They come in flurries. Mm -hmm. That's because it's cold. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the phones. We talked to Joe. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Gene. How you doing? Good, sir. Good. So, question uh, about interest on a tax return, interest on a tax refund. Um, I know they say it's all just reportable. So, in my case, I didn't get any specific uh Form saying there was interest, but I noticed when I got the refund check, it was a federal check, and it was like obviously seven months, seven months late. It was a little bit more than what my refund should have been. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it said it was interest. I mean, initially, I guess I thought I made a mistake, and maybe they gave me a few extra dollars. But at this point, uh, I tried to call, and I got a message, and they only confirmed. They said they, they got a check for a whole dollar amount, which the amount they confirm on the automated system doesn't even confirm the full amount that I actually thought I should get. Mm. Uh, and I try and call, I think you mentioned before, you try and call the other number, and yeah. they, they right away say, sorry, we're busy, call back another day. Um, mm -hmm. So at this point, I'm not sure if I can, should I just, if it's only a few dollars, should I just assume it's interest and report it as such? Or? Uh, assume it's interest and report it as such. Okay. And, and would that go then on Schedule 1, Line Z, as other income? Uh, e either that or you can include it on the, the, uh, the front of the, uh, of the front. My apologies. Diane yells at me all the time because I'm, I'm envisioning forms that have not been used forever. It just included in the line that, that, that covers all interest. Oh, you mean like on, this, like on the regular report, I think it's line three, interest and dividends. That's I, I think that is correct, yes. I wouldn't have to do the schedule one just to report that extra $4 nope, you would. Nope. Just drop it on there, and, and that'll, that'll cause the IRS to be even more puzzled about you because you did it correctly. All right. All right. Thanks again for all your help, Dean. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Joe. God bless. All right. Bye. 610-720-7900. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Chris. Chris, good morning. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dean. How are you? I'm very well. How may we serve you? Um, my mother passed away last fall, and um, she worked for Leah Valley Hospital. She had me listed as the sole beneficiary for her retirement funds. Mm -hmm. And when um, my brothers and I went to make arrangements for the, the funeral, uh, the funeral director said he would take care of notifying all those places, you know, the Leah Valley Hospital that she had passed so that we would no longer receive her, um, her retirement into her savings, into her checking account. Okay. I suspect that the funeral director did not do that mm. because another payment came in the month after she passed. Okay. So now the hospital wants the money back. Sure. Funds were used, you know, for her burial. Mm -hmm. So am I, I, I mean, I'm not the executrix 
because I chose not to not to be executrix because the estate was liquidated. Mm-hmm. Do I need to pay back that retirement money that was deposited in error? And you were the sole beneficiary of the retirement plan? Well, she had the retirement plan, and then she also had, um, like, um, retirement funds. Like, this is like a defined benefit plan, perhaps? Yes. So, okay. Yeah. So she was getting a monthly income on her lifetime that should have ceased when she passed. And Correct. you're saying an extra disbursement was made after she died, and they want that back. And the answer is that, of course, it has to be paid back. The question is, whom should be who should be paying that back? And if you were the beneficiary of her, um, what four hundred three b four hundred one k plan, whatever that was, um, mm-hmm. then then I I suspect that that would be the first place I would look. You mentioned brothers. Uh, were were all of you um, beneficiaries of the estate? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, then from everything you've told me, my suspicion is that, yep, that you send them a check. Okay. Yeah. So then that has to come out of that 4013B. In it has to come from wherever you decide that it's best to come from. If you take it out of the 403B, there would be there will be income tax assessed on that withdrawal. If you were planning on taking money out of that anyway, then the answer is mox nix, no no harm, no foul, then sure. If you weren't, if you were planning on leaving that ride for a bit and and you have other assets that you could use to pay that uh, money back, you can use whatever assets you wish. Okay. Yeah, they don't care as long as they get their money back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm tired of the harassing letters. Oh, that's yeah, yeah it's annoying, and 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 it's, it's sadly it is. I, I strongly suspect it had nothing to do with the funeral director not doing what he or she said he would do. It is. Uh, I I strongly suspect it was simply a matter of timing. Uh, once uh, pension checks, once pension payments are started, they're on autopilot. They're sent out by a computer. No, nobody's really back there going, "Hey, I got to remember to send Susan a check." Uh, it is. Uh, it's done automatically, and he may or she may have very well notified uh, notified the hospital uh, promptly and appropriately, and just missed it by a day or two. That's that's a very easy um, or or a very understandable reason for that to have happened. I I wouldn't have any. Uh, concerned but, that, that they dropped but the, the hospital even like after her account was closed they attempted to mail a physical check for several months yeah that's that's annoying that's okay. that's annoying you're right so right. so now i'm Thanks not happy hope have a good day guys you too god bless bye guess we were done <laughs> that's enough that's enough. And it is. It's annoying. Yeah. And yeah. she just wants to put it to rest. And it's bad enough that you lose your mom and then you have to deal with goofs. Yeah. And and sadly, you're not even dealing with goofs. You're dealing with goofs that are computers, robo goofs. <laughs> That's Which, a new word. It robo-goof. is. Robo goof. And there's a lot of them. Are you kidding me? Um, I had a scenario. Um, and, and these were not robos. These were just goofs. Um, a situation with a company, very well known, been around forever. I've dealt with them for decades. Um, 
delivered a product to me that was defective. Um, and in response on the customer service line, it was, well, go get it fixed. Uh, okay, hang on a second. I, I, I paid you for a product that was not defective. Uh-huh. And this is defective. Go get it fixed. And I thought at first I had just sadly uh, kind of crossed over into weirdo land and that this particular person that was speaking to me at that moment had uh, some some interesting, probably allergic reactions to medications that she was taking. <laughs> so I went, okay, got it, sit, click. And I called right back and got a different person, got exactly the same answer. Wow. So if you get two goofheads in a row, it's either they only hire goofheads or it's policy. It's policy. Just tell them, tell them anything. <laughs> tell them anything. Here's, uh, it's defective. Well, go get it fixed. <laughs> Robo goofheads. Oh, I like it. 610-720-7900. Gene at com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. I received an email um, with a question. Please. It's about Roth conversions. Um, this gentleman says, I'm 72. If I convert some funds at different times during the year, does the five-year rule keep resetting? So he's referring to the fact that when you take money out of a Roth IRA, there's a rule that says you have to have contributed first contributed to the Roth IRA five years ago um, in order to avoid paying any income tax or penalties on that money. So the answer would be no. It's five years from when you first contributed to the Roth IRA. So once you've reached that first five-year mark, the other conversions don't have um, those, you know, a new time limits on them. So then you can take that money out and pay no income tax. It's all yours. Very you good go. indeed. Uh, a second uh, observation that a lot of people are not aware. They're worried about the five-year rule. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be all kinds of problems. Um, uh, let's paint the scenario that you did a Roth conversion and you put 20,000 into a Roth IRA 20 minutes ago. I'm kidding. Six months ago, long before five years are up and you end up taking that money out. How painful is that really going to be? It's not going to be because the tax would only be due on any earnings, not the amount you put in initially your principal. So uh, how much has it grown in 20 minutes or six months? Not that much. If you were in the market for the last six months, how much has it shrunk? That's right. Last... That's right. Maybe you get an income tax refund. Oh, no, that, can... no, 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 <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. The second, the corollary to that observation is, let's say you're four and a half years in. Let's say you've been converting 20,000 bucks a year for four and a half years. You got five conversions in, You've got $100,000 you've converted, and the fund, the account, is now worth 130000 Okay. And you need to take fifty grand. How painful is that going to be? I believe it's like a, it's prorated, if that's the right word. Yeah. Right. So you're saying you have $30,000 worth of, gro of, growth of growth in the account. And, so, but, and 100000 of contributions, and it's four and a half years. So a third of your withdrawal it's is It's a tax good guess. That's a, and and that's, that's a reasonable and common sense approach. 
it's my understanding that it's not. You can you can direct your custodian to send you your original contributions. Original contributions can always come out tax free. Now, is that true just of a Roth? Because I just of a Roth. Okay, because I know that if you have non deductible contributions oh, to oh, an IRA, oh, oh my head hurts already. It doesn't oh, work that way. Not even close. And pro rata and pro forma <laughs> and uh, pro sports and there's just there's a lot of pros in there. And All cons. of and con, oh, <laughs> just con air. Yeah, I, have, I will have a question on that about that on my exam that's coming up. Uh, it will say, you've had this much money in your account. This much uh, is a non-deductible contribution. You're taking out this much. How much is not taxable or how much is taxable? Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'll have to figure it out. God bless you. <laughs> I have a headache thinking about Alyssa having to take the exam with that question on it. And I have the headache. <laughs> Did you want this or you want me? Oh, I, don't, I didn't read it yet. You can okay, choose. Okay. Uh, this is actually a uh, a note, and then you're going to talk about the impact. Oh, okay. Uh, this came from an alert we got through. We get a lot of great stuff. We're, we're very blessed. We have a lot of great uh, partners, not just in the office that help us with uh, uh, consulting with clients, but a lot of great income st- or information streams that we get. Um, there is a way to avoid an early um, retirement plan distribution. Most people are aware if you're under 59 and a half and you take a retirement plan distribution, you pay the tax and a 10% penalty. Right. There's a way for spouses to avoid that if they're under 59 and a half. So paint the scenario. I croak. Diane is under 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. She gets my IRA and needs an income right away. Yep. And doesn't want to pay a penalty. She can take your IRA as an inherited IRA, and then those uh, distributions are not penalized when it's inherit an inherited IRA. Well, what? Well, now wait a second. You jumped all over that like a dog on a bone, and there are a lot of folks out there listening saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Spouses inherit IRAs from their deceased spouse as if it were their very own. They can, but they don't have to. So you're saying this is optional. Correct. What if the spouse, surviving spouse, was unaware of that, and when the IRA came to them, they took it in their own name? Can you make it go backwards? The answer is no. No, no. And it's, it's sadly, it's a trick question because on, on occasion, not often, thankfully, financial advisors who are not astute, not really sure what the definition of astute is, but if he's not astute, they will say, Hey, isn't it great? Your, your husband passed and you can have this like it's your very own and automatically put it into the spouses, the surviving spouse's IRA, and potentially cause tremendous heartache. Yeah. Uh, pick a number, a spouse as, as Diane is, uh, if that is her real name. Let's say she's uh, in need of pulling out a hundred grand a year for 10 years, because she's that young. $10,000 of penalties for 10 years? Because somebody didn't know the 
the, that it was optional. Yeah. That it was optional. Yeah. So you can start um, your spouse's IRA as an inherited IRA and then switch it to your own, but you can't do the, do it in the opposite order. Correct. Yeah. Why would you want to switch it to your own? If you if you started out as an inherited IRA, that 10-year distribution rule kicks in, so you would have to deplete the account within 10 years. Let's say you need some money now, you're not 59 and a half yet, so you treat it as an inherited IRA so you can take distributions without penalty, but then something changes and you no longer need to take money out of it, whether or you become, become 59, 59 and a half, and a half sure. or some other circumstances change. At that point, if you want to switch it to your own so that you're no longer required to take money out until you're 72, then you can make that change. That's very well explained. Thanks. Very, very well explained. And knowing uh, too many people, um, Ken Fisher, what a moron, um, goodness, financial advisors, um, no, they're investment advisors. And there are a lot of folks who are not clear on the difference. Mm. Investment advisors invest money. And if they claim to do other stuff, it's they're being amateurs. They're just dilly-dallying. If you're a financial advisor, you are expected you, you, you are required. It's a fiduciary rule. You've got to act in the best interest of your clients. And one of the uh, ways that you do that is by understanding or having access, as we do, to an entire tax team within um, our More Than Money World headquarters, plural, north and south, um, headed up by Diane, if that is her real name. <laughs> And we have access to partners who will assist us in making sure that not only are the investment process, not only are the investments done correctly, um, but the the gestalt, the big picture is done mm -hmm. correctly as well. Did I just see two fingers, sir? That was much more polite than last week's. Very good. Uh, we just have to, uh, literally just a few moments left in this edition of More Than Money. I want to thank Alyssa for being up and out early this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. Fantastic. And all of our... Listeners wanted to talk to you this morning. <clears throat> that was strange. Um, if uh, you need any additional information, particularly from Alyssa, she's fantastic. Um, you let us know. You can send uh, her an email directly, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. You can send an email to Gene, Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. You can go to our website, tremendous website. Got all kinds of great information there more than money online.com www more than money online.com hey if you're as old as i am that's in the beginning you had to say that nobody http colon <laughs> as soon as you say colon i go uh, all right let's move along if you would like to uh go old school and give us a call that works really really well 610-746-7007 610-746-7007. If you leave a message this weekend, we'll get back to you. Or if you call Monday through Friday, normal business hours, you'll talk to some wonderful people and they'll be glad to help. Folks, speaking of glad, we are so glad you joined us this morning. We had a great deal of fun answering your questions. Hopefully you learned enough that you're going to want to come back next week right here on More Than Money. Yeah.